welcome everyone, Lostgarf here, and we got Her Velocity here, and we are trying basically a podcast again. This is the third time to charm. First time went for like a year. Second time went for I don't remember anymore, a couple weeks. And we're going to see how this one goes. Uh, we're trying this again because my work schedule is now set in stone for the rest of my life. So, I should be able to work with that. <laughs> <laughs> You're no longer uh, in the chaos times. Yeah, yeah, I'm no longer in chaos. The only way there's going to be chaos, two things, two things that could cause chaos. That is, I have a love life, which isn't happening right now because the quarantine. Or, because then that obviously changes things. Or, uh, I try to get into management and that changes my work schedule again. So I'd have to figure out around that too. But that ain't happening for a couple of years. The the management part, not the love life, because I swear to God, if it's a couple of years on that, I'm going to die. So... Based on the podcast. So the plan is, for these things, it's we talk to content creators, in general, anyone in gaming for the most part. If we branch away from gaming, it's just because it was someone really interesting. That means Verb's interesting. That's why he's the first guest. And we just talk. And we'll talk about what we want to talk about. And it should be a lot of fun. That's really what these are. Basically, a podcast is basically a conversation. And that's why I do these, because these can be really fun conversations to have. And partially got to talk about the quarantine at some point, but first thing is, since it's been a while, like introductions, Verbalocity, it's been a while. What have you been up to? Not just like Uh, since then, but just like, who are you and everything for anyone who doesn't, uh, for those of you who have not watched the previous episodes uh, when of me and Scarf ranting for like three hours, not much has really changed for me in terms of like, co- uh, I still do commentary for otherwise. I am taking a mild break from it right now for about a month or two because naturally uh, For Honor development has been affected by quarantine. So they had to delay a season by like a whole month and a bit that, until like we don't get another character. And competitive right now is a bit well, not a bit, a lot, stale. So mm. I could try and, like, force myself to do stuff, but it wouldn't be very good and just do it for the money. So I just took a break, and I'm glad I have, because it's freed up some time to, one, get into D&D, and two, start playing new games that have come out recently, like mm. XCOM, Chimera Squad, Gears Tactics. And we'll be definitely having talk about those, because, Scarf, I know you've been playing uh, uh, Chimera Squad on stream, right? Yeah, I've been, I've been, cons- like, I've been playing that. That's really fun. I've been considering Gears mm-hmm. Tactics, but I don't know anything about Gears, so I don't know if I'd want to play it. I don't you know where it takes You wouldn't need place. to worry too much. You wouldn't need to worry too much, because mm-hmm. as a tactics game, it's great. It's, like, oh. XCOM, but more, it's just more aggressive. I'll talk about it more when we get into it, because mm-hmm. there's something a bit more pressing I want to talk about first, and that is something which we did a tiny bit as we were preparing for this yesterday there or i think it was yesterday as of time of recording the inside xbox uh event happened hmm. and just for this is we're recording this on the 8th of may just to check that for a yeah. second in my head the goal is to hopefully the 8th of may yeah i'm gonna hopefully release yeah. it wednesday we'll see that's the the try yeah and the Inside Xbox was meant to be kicking off this year's, like, next, uh, this year's, like, E3 hype mm. cycle, but also this is an important year because of Next Generation. So everyone was going into this expecting a lot. And Microsoft clarified that uh, during the, pre- during, like, at the start of the show, that first party was not going to be shown until July. Now, naturally, on the one hand, that is understandable mm. because coronavirus quarantine you know COVID-19 <laughs> forcing all the devs to work from home yeah. which is naturally going to hurt for production like it's harder to make a press demo 
or a, like a whole presentation when you're stuck at home mm. instead of being in the office naturally. Yeah. So there is that clarification, like of everything's going to be screwed up, especially with E3 being closed down, GDC's closed down for a while back, Gamescom's get closed down, I believe too. Like none of that's happening. So Xbox has had to do a scramble together to make a presentation. So for uh, for the inside Xbox that just happened, it was only third party, and it was fantastic. They showed a lot of new stuff. Noisy bikers. <laughs> there was only um, there was only a third party shown. They decided. Hmm. The problem is, a lot of the stuff they did in the marketing running up to Inside Xbox was like, gameplay reveals. Especially with Assassin's Creed, which was shown at the end. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, specifically, was shown at the end. And it was like, gameplay reveal. There was only two, maybe three games shown out of everything there that were proper gameplay reveals. And even then, like... <laughs> the biggest offender that people may or may not have seen on social media was Assassin's Creed Valhalla. They were hyping that up to be a gameplay reveal. And you yeah. expect that to be in the vein of like uh, like Baldur's Gate 3 when it was revealed at PAX by Larian Studios. Half an hour in front of the crowd. Or in the case of Cyberpunk, an hour-long gameplay <laughs> demonstration. But... What it ended up being was basically just a sizzle reel. Your classic Ubisoft sizzle reel. It was very good, because Ubisoft, if there's one thing they're god-tier at, is making trailers. Hmm. Like, Ubisoft trailers have ruined several songs for me, because I just associate them with the trailer now. <laughs> but there was only one bit tweet seen publicly that was actually a, hey, guys, this is not a full thing, and that was one from the creative director. And it was just one tweet, uh, like... Uh, one tweet by him and then an extra one underneath. That was it. All the marketing was saying gameplay reveal, not like teaser. Hmm. This was basically just a teaser because it was in-engine, but it wasn't gameplay. It was just, look at this cool thing. Now look at this other cool thing. Completely disassociated. Now look at this cool thing. Now we're pushing around. And now we're doing this. <laughs> it, can, can we see some gameplay or like UI? Like, no. It looks cool though, doesn't it? So... <laughs> That was a big problem with Inside Xbox. There wasn't that much actual gameplay show of things. The only things where there was actually gameplay shown properly was Bright Memory Infinite. That was the first game shown, made oh. by one dude in China. And even then, that was more of a pseudo-tech demo. But that looked pretty as hell. Double checking. Then there was... Them. Yeah, like that. that's been going for a little bit now. It's made by one dude in China, and it was in early access for ages, I think. Then there was... I'm currently scrolling through a list because there was a good couple of games there. Uh, Second Extinction was another one, which is basically just Left 4 Dead crossed with Ark Survival Evolved, from what I understand. Huh. The trailer was just, hey, I've got a shotgun sliding around shooting raptors. All right, that's kind of hype. <laughs> one of the big ones for gameplay was The Ascent, which, is ba which looks like Diablo Punk. Like huh. isometric cyberpunk style game. Okay. Which is that it, it that, that's what it's looking like. Maybe a twin stick style, but it's got co-op in it. That mm. had gameplay. Vampire Masquerade and Yakuza like a dragon were like, eh, they showed a little bits here and there, but not much. It was sizzle reel again. Hmm. I have hope for Masquerade. Yeah. Okay. Although the, the trailer itself was great because it used the same song that Wolfenstein used in <laughs> uh Wolfenstein New Blood and I uh, love that song. Hmm. Yeah. 
a lot of it was just introducing what third parties are going to be on Xbox Series X. Mm. That Which was a big thing. You can find on other consoles most likely because they're third party. Yeah. Or or PC. Yeah. Usually, if you can get on Xbox, you can get on PC. Also, because, you know, the Xbox Pass is on PC. <laughs> but, mm. uh, so Bright Memory. Now I remember this. I got a copy of that from the dev. I didn't know it was one guy. That explains some things because some things feel a bit, uh, like there could be more polish to it. It's a nice looking game. I've actually, like, I played the demo or what, whatever they, the early access game. It's pretty mm. fun. So. Uh, I thought they forgot about it, so it's good to know they're still working on that. This is a pretty nice-looking game. It had, uh, when you play it, it had, what is his name from Smite? Uh, the guy where his he has a mouth in his in his, in his his body, in his stomach. Oh, Jing Chen. Yeah, Jing Chen. you fight him. And he's <laughs> he looks really freaking cool. And you fight him in the game, and that's pretty cool. So, one guy doing all that work? Jeez, it, it's really nice-looking. The gameplay is not bad. It feels like there's too many ideas, which makes sense if it's one guy working on it. Because no one's telling him, okay, too much, buddy. Too much. But that gives me hopes. Masquerade I'm really curious about because the original was such a good game. It's been literally like over a decade or two since that the last game came out. And everyone loves Ask Creed, so... It's just, I know the only voices I've heard from yesterday from that was Ask Creed because of... Um, uh, Assassin's Creed, uh, f- because of uh, just people like, gameplay? What gameplay? Like, that's all people have been talking about. That is the last thing, so I, it usually is the last thing that's talked about anyway. Hmm. But, yeah, that's, the implications just alone of just thinking about E3, Gamescom, and GDC, yeah, them not being there this year is such a crazy thing, because that's really valuable to indie devs, or just any devs in general, because they get f- major feedback from those cons. And they're not here. So I'm really And the curious. meetings, too. Oh, Even yeah. The meetings apparently devs had, like, mm-hmm. especially at GDC, PAX, E3, allow some games to be made in the first place. Uh, I, I know they were having a lot of consideration if they would do things online. And... Because I've heard the, the murmurs about that, and I don't know. Some of them are like, yeah, we're still going to do our talks. And some are like, we're not going to do our talks. So I'm really curious about what? that. The, the, the weird thing right now is Jeff Keighley, bless that man's heart, has decided to put the industry on his back <laughs> and is running this whole Summer of Games, or I forget the fest, the Games Festival, Summer Games mm. Festival, I forget the name exactly. Okay. It's basically a several month long and like announcement spree, so they're taking all the stuff that would have been announced for E3 hype time <laughs> and are stretching it out more comfortably over a couple months for people. And, like, this was the start of it, was this inside Xbox. There's probably going to be stuff from Nintendo, like, Sony, all that will probably be in this, like, summer of games. Like, EA will probably drop stuff, too, because there's rumors of, like, an EA uh, Mass Effect remaster going around. Like, there's, oh, that a whole, nice. there's that whole shebang potentially happening. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, devs, like, as much as I want to be, like, yeah, that was misadvertisement on a lot of things. On the other hand, devs are being pushed hard into a corner. Yeah. Because of COVID-19. It's, and it, it's it's not great. It's interesting, just uh, it like the triple A's. There's a lot of holdback because, of course, Last of Us Two got held back. Uh, they held that back because of the virus. Because they're like, well, we could make so much more money if this wasn't happening. So we'll just hold that back, get things prepared, try to get more people to buy it digitally. That's what they're doing. 
I can't remember what other games they did that. Still, FF7 Remake still came out. Doom Eternal still came out. Well, that's because it was at the start of the, the quarantines. So, so mm-hmm. Doom Eternal came out right at the start of the quarantines. Animal Crossing came out at the start of the quarantines. That was a big game for the quarantines. Yes. An- Animal Crossing New Horizons came out the literal perfect time. Oh, horrific event causing the world to be shut inside <laughs> and like strain on everyone's mental health. Literally the most perfect response the universe could have come up with. A brand new Animal Crossing to bring people together. Yep. It came out the same day as Doom, so it was the ma- amazing as well. And Doom got held back to that date, too. They came yeah. out at the right time. Uh, but yeah, some games got held back because of just, well, the release dates. And Last of Us 2 is the big one, I think, people notice got held back. I swear, if FF7 got held back again, it was just like, oh, great, another hold, hold back on that. But Last Last of Us 2 really touched some people, so they really reacted when that got, um, when that got put on hold. But I, I just... Yeah, the big games that they know will sell by physical units, that's getting just held back for sure. Naturally. But anything that's just digital only, they're just still going forward. Like, indies for the most part are still just going forward if they can. And Mm. some of them are just, well, this is not a bad time, so there's a good chance people will buy their game. Really good time. I don't... Although I I haven't seen really much ramp up in indies, which... Because, of course, who can really ramp up from whatever they got to, well this time period right now but i wouldn't be surprised if we see a bunch in the next couple of months they come out sooner than they planned uh just because they have more time to work on it <laughs> there's nothing else to do no one has a social life right now uh well depending on the developer they don't have one either. they're just working on it but i really i'm hoping to get some interviews with some devs just to see what that's doing to them especially just i know gamescom is just so big to a lot of developers and that'd be interesting to hear about because you hear about naturally like delays of like oh things delayed it'd be cool to hear why like what causes delays when mm-hmm. you're working from home because it's kind of easy for me to assume even though i've been to game dev studios but mm-hmm. like i've been to like two at this point which is weird for me to say nice. but um uh but like i want to know what the logistical problems are with doing work from home the only actual one I know about is uh, Eastern companies, like like uh, Japan-based or like Korean-based developers, hmm. are having a really hard time with develop work from home because they have a big culture over there of keeping their servers locked down. You hmm. do not get access unless you need it. So hmm. having everyone access it remotely, all the IT security guys are just molding internally, like oh god. That's the only, like, big... And that's why, like, Monster Hunter had its Alatrion update pushed back to an undetermined time. It was supposed to be out this month. Oh, wow, really? But now it's, it's, it's Alatrion update is, like, it's gone. It's down the road. Man, Understandably I... so, but it's down the road. Oh, no. I haven't been paying attention because I I casually been playing Monster Hunter World, but, ooh, Alatrion? That's a big dragon. That's a big one. Yeah, ooh. one of the black dragons. One of the big three. Yeah, so... that That's a serious thing. But it makes sense because, yeah... Uh, especially Japan, the way they do things on their lock and key. Uh, letting, gonna let the rabbit out of the, out of the hat for something with American stuff, just the government, they're all screwed right now. So, the way American government does things is, yeah, it's on a server, right? Local server. Mm -hmm. 
So because, well, the government still needs to work, and I'm talking local, state, federal, they still need to work, so they have to work from home, right? They're giving access to home from those, like, just connecting to federal, just government things, federal, state, and local government, to home access to a lot of workers in this country right now. That is, it's just open season for, for hackers right now. It's amazing. And, uh, why do I work government job right now? <laughs> no. Um, still, I have a job right now because of it, so that's not bad. But, just, yeah, there's so much room for effery right now. Things can go really bad because of hackers if they want. And they, it will happen. They're bored as hell as well. So, they'll do some things. Like what's been happening with the Zooms. People just getting into people's Zoom meetings and messing around with that. Very not cool, but it happens. That is... That is slightly different because that's a crime with not too much consequence unless you yeah. like mentally scar a child. Which is happening. Like, because, yeah, like the whole Zoom thing of people breaking into Zoom, like getting into Zoom meetings because they're unsecured and like blasting racist music yeah. or whatever, like Soviet anthem on like <laughs> deep fried 500 volume yeah. or whatever. Like, that's like, an easier one to pull off, but. It's like that, yeah. that's casual trolling. Like, actual infrastructure attacks like you like you said it could be a problem well because the majority the the age of people who work for the government they're old they're decades older than the internet age so um <laughs> oh they don't know what they're doing so it's a lot of old people having their their children or grandchildren explain to them how computers work mm. i know this firsthand so um <laughs> oh god so many bad things could happen and we'll, who knows if they do. Uh, you learn when you actually work for the government just how things live on a thread. And also just from having family who knows how restaurants work, how they survive on a thread. It's amazing how things don't fall apart more often, honestly. And the virus is just causing things to be laid bare. But when it comes to gaming, it would be very interesting just to learn how they're dealing with things for sure. But there's no way like I'd be able to talk to Eastern companies, that's for sure. One of the big things in terms of like security and like infrastructure with back to video gaming specifically to tie it back in production of the new consoles there was big concerns about that Ooh. that production could get because of course like china got hit big that's mm -hmm. going to be one of the big production heartlands and if the consoles are meant to be out this year it's like holiday 2020 was announced to be xbox series x it's like eh, that's gonna be an issue potentially or at the very minimum, it ends up being a Nintendo situation. Like, I'm not very well-versed in that, but I imagine you are. Mm. The Nintendo situation of Nintendo re under-releases consoles early on, and they just boom, up in price for the first couple weeks. Yep, scalpers Like, suck. what didn't happen with the Switch? Didn't that happen with the Switch? Yeah, it happens every time. <laughs> Everything Nintendo makes gets undermade because uh, I, th I, I don't think we use the reason, but I think they're just always too cautious. Although maybe we use the reason, like, they've always been overly cautious at some, I don't know since when, but they've always been like, just in case things don't go as amazing as we hope they do, let's just not make that many, and then it's just scalpers go to go to town on it. It's been that way with Amiibo, yeah. it's been that way with the Switch, it was that way with each one, like the, the classic NES, the classic SNES... They just keep Oh lord, I heard about those, the, the scalping on the classic NES. Mmm... It's, it's so ridiculous, but it happens. And 
it's always Nintendo. It's Nintendo over everyone else. But uh, eventually people get them. They just don't get them as soon as they could. Nintendo's doing really well uh, the, for the most part. But they're, yeah, they're things even, right now there's a shortage on, on Switches. They're getting scalped at the moment, which is really not cool. But yeah, China is the, is the linchpin to way too much manufacture. And of course they were the start of this whole thing. So they're not in a great position at the moment for manufacture. So yeah, it's, there's also the chips just besides the console themselves, it's the chips that go into them. And I know mm -hmm. there are specific areas of China that are getting effed right now where that's a problem. So like China is highly relied on because of the cheap labor. It's amazing because of the cheap labor, like they bring down costs and the consoles are still ex expensive as they are, which is a crazy thing about it. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I really don't expect ex Xbox to come out this Christmas. There's no way. There's unless China just if goes it does, crazy. It'll be, if it does, it'll be undersupplied. It'll like oh. Xbox Series X and PS5 will be yeah. undersupplied as shit. I assume like, there's probably a contract, so they have to, and it's just gonna be undersupplied. Yeah, for sure. Thinking about it. Of course, there's a lot of just trying to find exceptions because of the quarantine. Like a lot of businesses are trying to be like, hey, we can't really deliver, so exception like. Come on. Fortunately, at least in Xbox here, so I don't know how this is going to work with PlayStation. I imagine they'll do something similar. <laughs> but X, one of the big emphasis, is, emphasis during the Inside Xbox presentation was smart delivery, they're calling it. It's basically just cross-buy. But they're <laughs> doing cross-buy. So you can buy it on the previous gen, you'll get it on next gen for free. Mm. So if you can't get a Series X... Mm -hmm. just buy it on your xbox one play it there and just hop right over when you get when supplies become available nice that would have been nice with the older gens that's for sure there was one or two games that did that on older generations but it was very rare very yeah. rare and that was usually a developer thing not like a yeah. like a, a console thing yeah rocket well... league did that pretty heavily didn't it i believe rocket league did it uh i want to say assassin's creed black flag might have done it because that was a cross-gen i don't hmm, know that, that's for going either back. of those instances actually yeah i don't know for either yeah, of those that, instances yeah and uh so the cross-buy will be something although that a uh, final note on that presentation because on the one hand i understand the tact they had to take do you remember Sony's initial presentation, the developer-centric one they did for PS5 with uh, Mark Cerny? Did you keep an eye on that one at all a couple months ago? That's been too long now. I don't remember Jack about that one. Well, that one was a very info-dump-heavy, not, like, glitz-glamour. It was for devs, mm. showing, like, okay, here's the PS5, here's the features. Okay. The one bit that, that stuck out was they did a demo of Spider-Man for PS4. And they showed it, like, how fast you can swing through the streets on PS4 Pro. Huh. Then they did it on PS5 on their dev build. And the speed of Spider-Man was significantly increased. Mainly because they can load things in faster on the SSDs. Huh. Okay. Because SSDs are the big thing right now with mm -hmm. PS5 and Xbox One. Xbox Series X is supposed general. to be the loading speed. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be something to consider. How like 
Final Fantasy VII Remake, there's so many sections in that game, from what I understand, which are just, like, sliding through a gap slowly to let the Lexed area load. <laughs> like, those can be gone on the PS5 versions. Hmm. Boom, gone. It's interesting, the evolution of that. I don't remember who started, but just... Evolution of, well, I remember PlayStation 1. Uh, you put on a game, and it's like, alright, it's got to load. 15 minutes later, you actually get to play the game. I remember those days. I am old. And then it was like, alright, well, load times are now 5 minutes. It still takes a while, but you still you get the game that was PS2. And then it became, at some point, someone figured it out. I know Batman did it. I don't. I, I assume before Batman, someone else did it too, where you would walk down a hallway, but it's actually loading the game as you're walking down the hallway. Batman Arkham Asylum did that. I'm sure some games did it before him. Like yeah, newer... Stream, like streaming it in. Yeah, like newer versions would be like God of War does it, where he's just getting through the plants and going over to things. That's how they're loading stuff as you're getting into it. The boat sections are heavy loading. Yeah. All the boat sections we are traveling from, like, the oh. main hub area to, like, the area involved with the, the dead giant. Like, yeah. That is, that is a big loading section. Like, mm -hmm. any, any of the boat things, really, are just yeah. loading. Like, speaking of Mass Effect, Mass Effect 1, the elevators were loading sections. <laughs> Never realize oh, it. A... Makes sense. That's a fair point. If a remaster does happen, Scarf, <laughs> what are they going to do with the elevators? Because you could just load faster. I assume they, are they just... Are they going to artificially let you stay in the elevators for the conversations? Will there be a button? Like, will the elevator go up and you can hit a button to skip it? Or will you, they let you stay to hear the conversations? Because the yeah. elevator conversations were some of the best bits. Yeah, the elevator conversations were really good. I assume they'll just do the elevator conversations. Or, hmm. or they don't pay attention and, yeah, it just cuts off the conversations. It's always possible hmm. when it comes to a remaster. Because I can remember just a small example is like Dragon Ball uh, Budokai. When you played it originally on like PS2, I think it was PS2, not PS1. Like there were, the game's loading, so you could just click, like hit X really fast or whatever, and you'll have like Vegeta do push-ups, or Goku will pull out turnips, uh, radishes or whatever. In the new version, it's you got enough time to do one push-up. Like that's how fast you're loading the game now. Because of course. So I'm just thinking of that instance of just loading, but... It's fully possible they don't even think about it, and yeah, the cutscene, the the elevator conversations just get cut off. Fully possible. Or worse, you remember how older PS2 and like not I didn't play Dreamcast, I didn't have one, but like mm. Dreamcast era games put a lot of their like tutorials on loading screens. Oh god, they what did. happens if what happens if the loading screen's too fast to read the tutorial? I know there was a game when they remastered it, they had that, and you didn't get to play the loading screen game at all. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, that would be unfortunate. I think, okay, one game actually they had let it be if you want to play the game, you can and then if you don't, you can just hit this button to skip and skip the loading screen and go into the game. But I don't remember what game it was. Uh, Wonderful 101 had that actually. Wonderful uh -huh. 101 had it while we're loading, and this was in like uh, Wii U, uh, if we, if there's a really big section, while it's loading, you could practice things in the in that and they're like, if you want to keep practicing, you can. If you want to just go play the game, you hit this button. And so since it's getting remastered now, that's probably going to be completely skipped or maybe optional still to do. For sure. But that takes me back to PlayStation 1 for like Tekken. I think like Tekken 2, you got to play Galaga while it's loading. I remember that. So 
it's just interesting how just how low things have changed where it was play a game or you just wait and now it's maybe we don't even have loading anymore or even the conceit of loading of not loading because of ssds although there's some interesting design implications because think about fighting games for example like the online matchmaking for fighting games Hmm. if you can load so fast could you just have perpetual fights Perhaps maybe they figure out a system where you could be playing, you finish your fight, and then as, like, the victory screen is happening, it silently matchmakes you in the background, connects you. The only thing that could restrict you would be the connection speed on the yeah. servers. Yeah. And then as soon as that victory screen's over, you hit find new opponent, and you're straight back into the next game. I would love that. Without having to wait. That could be big for fighting games. I would love that. Because it's not even, like, the loading of the game. It's it's more the interconnection than anything. But there is some loading, so yeah. But I would love that. It's just you you put in... You just want a marathon mode kind of thing. And you just... Yeah, you just want to grind it out. That would be so yeah, fun. Sort of... You don't get to take And then, uh, like, racing games. Forget, like, racing games could have big implications of that because a lot of racing games have an open world twinge to them now like when's the last racing game that's functioned like gran turismo uh you could have uh racing games have more of a flow in terms of the course design because you could take it through um various parts of the world that don't have to have like a conspicuous choke that you have to go through to cover the Mm. next section loading the crew had that in their recreation of uh america there was a couple (laughs) conspicuous places where oh i'm going over the rockies Oh, there's only like two entrances or exits because you had to disguise loading in like Albuquerque or something, mm. or like wh- wherever's near the Rockies. I, yeah. my, my U.S. Ge- geographical knowledge is not great, <laughs> but Rockies are yeah. Colorado. Okay, I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh... And yep. Yeah, like, just make things more free flow. Devs do what they want more because you can load things in faster. It like for. I feel like it's just more for single player than multiplayer. I think. Or, well, yeah, I think you are correct on the uh, fundamental on the fundamental level. Yeah, it would benefit single player more, but that benefits multiplayer too. Because it in the way it would it have to benefit multiplayer is that it's fast enough to know that well what's happening in the first on this one if there's destructible terrain or whatever it knows that this is going to be affected here as well. I don't know because I'm thinking of the way things are done right now. And how you do have some differences. Like, uh, Monster Hunter has that a little bit where you're you're both fighting the same instance at the same time, but little things will be different as the messages are going back and forth. It does happen. But the implications of SSDR is, is mostly just, well, things just, you don't have to worry about loading. Which has always been, it's like, not loading is always fun. And just the conceits of things that don't let you realize you're loading has also been a thing. There is a big problem, though, with the Series X that I've found out. Well, initially, SSD have a problem themselves. Price-to-space ratio is way off for SSDs still compared to the hard drives. Oh, yeah. You can get a 2-3 terabyte hard drive for, like, uh, two digits. Easily. But an SSD is still pretty expensive. And especially for size, if you want like a two or three terabyte SSD, that's three digits easily. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like even like, uh, it'll be under $500, but it'll still be expensive. Yeah. And funny thing is trying to remember, and I don't remember how much the SSDR I bought for this, for the com- computer was, but I remember I just bought a, a one tera uh, hard drive last week and it was just like 50 bucks. I remember yeah. when that was like a hundred or 200. 
that was a long time ago, but still, it's just, so SDR, whenever they get cheaper, but they're trying to push it now, so, but it is, the, um, the rumor was what, Xbox is going to be, not Xbox, PlayStation is going to be like, what, 700 now? That's the rumor. Yeah, something though. like that, that was the rumor. I'm more concerned about with um, the spaces, because it's confirmed that Xbox Series X will have, or at least I believe it's confirmed, to have a terabyte SSD in it. But if you want to expand the SSD, it's got a memory card slot on the back. <laughs> An old school memory card. You can buy a special like Seagate Xbox partnership SSD that could fit in that slot as an expansion. Hmm. So you can get an extra terabyte. And that's important because, yes, you could link up a hard drive to it that you've got and just install games on there. But it's been confirmed for Xbox and I imagine PS4 will have the same thing as well for ease of dev ease of making for the devs get certain games will expect to be ran on that ssd to work properly mm -hmm. like uh cross-gen games no because of course you've got to expect a hard drive but the bare minimum will be an ssd for a lot of games going forward because it has an internal ssd so like they're expecting to be able to load things fast for the function of the game so if like, games are like, say, for example, the humongous behemoth of a game that is Call of Duty Modern Warfare right now. That game is getting into several hundred gigs with Ooh. some of its newest patches. Yeah. Like, that game on Xbox One, like, on my Xbox One, I have that. Mm -hmm. It's about, like, 160-something gigs, like, 170. And even though you can slice off certain bits, the average internal hard drive on a default Xbox One is like 500 gigabytes that's like almost half for yep. one game like what's going on there size could be an issue yeah they're getting a bit much with the size uh i think that yeah, that's that's what every console relies on the ss on the sd cards they really do uh i don't remember how much is the one i have for my switch but they have it and then these guys are gonna have it one thing to keep in mind, uh, at least as far as PlayStation goes, because I don't... Well, they all do it, but I think PlayStation has been best known for it is as they go forward, the consoles have new iterations. They just keep making better and better versions of the consoles on the inside. And so, like, as SSD, as SSDRs get cheaper and such, well, we might get, like, what we got with the last generation, which was, like... What was it? Play, what was that? Um, Xbox One S, or was it... Uh, the, the, in it was Xbox One, then Xbox One S and X. Yeah. The S was like the new improved version that was not like the 1.5 upgrade, and then the X here, which was like the Project Scorpio. That yeah. was the 4K machine. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. If there's anything I'm going to have weak depth on, it's going to be on Xbox, because I just have a PC. So I'm not going to remember <laughs> that too well. Now, I know PlayStation does that too. They have some of that iteration as well. And that's just been a thing they've done since, I believe... I know PlayStation yeah, 2 is PS4 where... Pro. The PS4 yeah. Pro was mm. the uh, the 1.5 for uh, yeah. PlayStation 4. Uh, I know PlayStation 1, they didn't do it. PlayStation 2, I think, is where they started doing iterations of consoles. Was for at least uh, PlayStation... Uh, Sony started. I think Xbox was did it from the start. And I actually don't know about Nintendo. I don't think they ever change for that much. Until more recently, uh, starting with, I think, I can't be the Switch. I think it's more 3DS or the 2DS when they started doing it, honestly. Hmm. But that is not my wheelhouse to know. 
But I think that's as far back as I can remember on just there's new iterations because parts get cheaper and everything and they know what they're doing. So honestly, the first year of both these consoles, I wouldn't be surprised if they're not great. Because there's always the, the 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 memories of like the the red circle of death back in the day with that with Xbox and oh things like Lord. that. And just I consoles getting been a victim of the red circle. Like oh my lord, my bro- my brother got hit by it too. All my friends did. Red circle was a thing. Hopefully we don't get any of that with next generation or the amber light of doom on PlayStation initially. <laughs> there was the amber light of doom Oof, that like... I uh, heard of. For me, I think if you can hold out, the first year is usually when the consoles are just volatile, and then after that, they know what they're doing. But, you know, people want to play the games when they can play them as soon as they can, so... But just... Uh, those consoles have a chance of being a bad investment <laughs> the first year. Potentially. Yeah. yeah. I will, if I can, at least pick up the new Xbox, because a lot of my uh, friends are on the, in that ecosystem, so I'll mm. give it a go. Although I will also want to pick up a new PlayStation because God of War 4 PS5 remaster. Hello, that's an excuse to replay <laughs> that game. That'll be hype. Hmm. Although speaking of games, I do want to quickly discuss something now, or rather things that are out now. We're kind of in a mini tactical renaissance between new XCOM, XCOM Chimera Squad, and Gears Tactics. Both of those games are great, Gears Tactics might be Game of the Year contender, potentially, because it's really? made it's made Gears it's made Gears of War jump to a new subgenre, did it well, and kind of slightly redefined how the genres play. Because XCOM Chimera Squad did make some significant changes, yeah, but Chimera Squad is like a it's a side spin-off it's allowing for access to experiment because they're using the initiative turn order now instead of the traditional your turn enemy turn mm. your turn enemy turn yeah and they're trying out the breaching system encounters are like individual rooms that you breach into instead of one big map that you have to traverse yeah like uh gears gears tactics does that xcom 2 did it mm-hmm and it's uh, definitely an XCOM abridged style. There's things with it I like. I, I like things that I don't. It's all hero characters with no permadeath, so you can't make any customized troopers, which for streamers sucks because that's one of the best bits. Is just yeah. making spending half an hour making all the characters for your viewers who want them, and it, then ha- yeah. just marching them into battle. It yeah, it's really fun making characters of your, of your viewers. They're they're really rooting for their characters, and then you accidentally get them killed in the first turn. It's amazing. It's always amazing. Um, uh, that was the because I was like, all right, well, let's play XCOM Chimera. Everyone in, let's make some characters. Like, wait, we don't get to make characters. What? Wait, wait, we can't make. And then like half the room left. Like, oh, come on, guys, come on. Hmm. But it's still but the a characters fun game. there are great though. Yeah. Like, uh, name like one of your favorite hero characters Torque. from XCOM Chimera so far. Talk. Yeah. Straight up Torque. Bloody sassy snake. Yeah. She, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she dies at the end of the game because she's totally the Mexican character. She really is. She's just the angry Mexican character. She's Morales. Uh, what's her name? Michelle Rodriguez. She's her. That's who she is. She's Michelle Rodriguez. And she's died in how many movies? Hmm. Like, that's her character. It really is. She's so angry and aggressive at everyone. But yeah, Torch I... my favorite. Like, Axiom's one of my favorites. Axiom, the Muton, then you've got people like uh, Blue Blood, who is just 
the most chill, honest dude there who could wipe out an entire room with a pistol, but he's still <laughs> chill. That, and then there's like Cherub, who's this innocent guy with who ex Advent soldier. Like they did a good job with the put nailing the personalities on the hero trips yeah. in that. I like Verge. Verge is pretty fun. Uh, Verge. Just his story of he was one of the thin men from one. Like holy crap, really? And then he was a se- he was a sectoid. Verge was a sectoid. Oh, he was a sectoid. No, they said, I swear he- they said he was a thin man, and then he became something else. Like he's been messed with. I know, it um, makes more sense if he's yeah, a sectoid. The, the, the story with Verge is he's uh, the, he's a sectoid because he has the mind, he has the science. Yeah, powers. that's the thing. He's got science powers. And he was he was in the initial wave, not to invade, but to try and influence the population to like the Advent and the aliens. Yeah. And he accidentally learned empathy from invading <laughs> humans' minds, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, shit." I think so that's because gotta of that, be... he then turned. Yeah, it makes more sense that he's a sectoid because he is a sectoid. But I swear yeah. I read him being a thin man. I'm like, that's weird. He's one of the because he's because he's the he's the the adult sector. He's not the small yeah. squat sector you mm. used to. He's the big one. So you think he's like, oh, is he a thin man? Like, no, he, I, he is a sector. I but... gotta go back in the game now. But um, yeah, yeah. He's just an interesting. He was like, oh, oh, <laughs> I'm the a hole. Oh, okay. And then just helping out the humans. Like that's an interesting character, or just the characters who were. Just human the whole time, and just what they were dealing with. But definitely Torque's my favorite. As mean as she is, she's my favorite. Though, Patchwork is amazing. Like, my favorite combo is Terminal and Patchwork, because Terminal gives an extra turn. Patchwork, I hack one, I hack a mech, and then I kill two androids. In just the first, like, two turns between the two of them. She just does a bunch of work. Action economy is so dumb in Chimera (laughs) Squad. Especially if you get lucky like I did, and on the scavenger market, you get your hands on a motile inducer, which you throw at someone as a free action, Ooh. and it, it hits a teammate, it'll give them an extra turn, like or it gives you an extra two actions, essentially a full turn, because yeah. Terminal gives a bonus action mm-hmm. with her cooperation. You can give two more actions, full actions, <laughs> with the motile inducer. Holy crap, you okay. can then use the team-up ability that you get to use once a mission mm-hmm. to bring someone up the timeline to behind you. Yeah. So you can just start stacking things. And my oh. strategy by the, the end of the game was bring Axiom, mm-hmm. bring Verge, or the, bring, bring Axiom, bring Verge, bring Cherub, bring Terminal. And mm-hmm. we just man-mode it using as little resources as possible through the first couple encounters, get to the final one, and then... Okay, Terminal goes first. Cooperation, Axiom, move him forward a bit. Then, Motile Inducer, Adrenaline Surge, Max Raid, starts smashing <laughs> people, causing panic everywhere. If he gets shot by someone, he's a chance of reducing it to one damage, because... And then, you, he uses all his stuff... Because then, of course, he can get an ability in his tree where his smashes don't co- end his turn, so he can do two smashes. Yeah. Then you throw the team up on him to bring him up the turn order again, and just do it again. <laughs> yep. At, at some, there was one mission where I managed to do eight or nine attacks in one go Woo. before an enemy got even anywhere close to getting an a-, a turn, a wow. turn because it's initiative. So eight or nine attacks by the friendlies before an alien got their turn. <laughs> Complete dumbness, but I love it. 
that's the thing I found with um, with the Chimera Squad is it's possible to have just ridiculous, ridiculous, really good turns in that game. But you can, if you let it get out of hand, you can get overwhelmed too, which I like too. There are difficulty spikes in the game, not like XCOM 1 and 2. This one feels more manageable, where if you play things right, you're good. But if you do, if you mess up, things can get really bad real fast, which I appreciate. Because it's you a still lower stakes game, but it lets you feel more aggressive because there's yeah. no permadeath. Especially because you're of the guarding one team. city, just one city instead of the whole world. Yeah, like it's just that's why it's twenty bucks because it's a smaller game. I feel like it was them trying to do proof of concept in a lot of ways. I got it for nine pounds because they're doing a sale yeah. when it was first announced, and if yeah, you pre-ordered it, you got it for like cheap. Ooh, nice! So I got it for nine pounds. It was great. Yeah, for the first week it was ten bucks, which was nice. Yeah. So I got it. I got that too. Um, but it's just a nice proof of concept. I feel like they were just making things. I feel like they were just oh, like, let's just make some concepts, see how it works out, and like, this is actually pretty fun. Let's make a game out of it. That's really what it felt like. It's perfectly possible that's what it was while they're working on three, just coming with different ideas. Because the breach idea is really cool, and just all these different things with that, and then just. There's a lot of the same old class stuff, but some new ideas to some of the classes. And also just being able to use alien units is a whole new thing that's been fun. So I I really think that's what it was, which, yeah, that's usually what happens is you, when you're making new concepts, you're making new games to try to prove the concepts. And they're making money out of it. It's really fun. I like it a lot. Uh, and to the point that I'm liking so much, I'll probably play it again on higher difficulty and everything. Yeah. I'm looking forward if they release a DLC for it. Put in more put in more, yeah, more put in more troopers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd like to see them put in a thin man. Like you said, bring in a thin man. I like you to play as maybe as some sort of thin man. Or maybe uh play as uh perhaps a berserker somehow. Somehow they managed to like enslave a berserker. Maybe. And there's all kinds of things you could do. Or even start building robots. Build your own sector pod. <laughs> oh jeez. it. The long boy oh raises a missile. I mean, nuts. Well, isn't isn't Zephyr basically a berserker? I thought Zephyr's a berserker. Zeph Zeph is a basically a Templar from XCOM 2: War of the Chosen. Zephyr from I have I didn't recruit Zephyr, but I, I looked at gameplay afterwards, mm-hmm. and she was is a Advent trooper, yeah. I believe. She's like the cherub sort of look. She, like yeah, she looks hybrid. Yeah, she's a hybrid, and, and she's all about running around and just slashing people. Yeah, with she's melee. A, she's full on melee. That's why I thought she was a berserker. Because uh, yeah. I'm talking about the berserker mutons that are just muscle. Yeah, like, yeah, huge yeah. People. Yeah, she's hybrid. She's not muton. Yeah, now to think about it, yeah, mutons were berserkers. Hmm. Yeah. And then. It would be cool to just see more or more factions like they could do more factions so that it's whenever you start a new game. It's just randomly which factions you get to fight. Maybe something like that. There's some potential there. There really is. And I hope they build on that because it's just a fun game. And at at $20, they could try to get more money out of us for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I I buy a DLC for Chimera Squad immediately. Like that was the best nine pounds I've ever spent in my life Mm -hmm. recently. I've bought Chinese's like takeout that cost more than that. <laughs> yeah, and that lasts me for maybe an hour or two at most. Mm-hmm. It's when you try to quantify money. It's interesting when you think about it. Where 
like just say like a burger is like five bucks and you could spend this five bucks on some smaller games or you could spend the five bucks on like a subscription there's so many things you could spend five dollars on it's just one burger it's one less burger if you spend this five on something else or something like that or two less burgers if you go for ten bucks where for the price of two burgers you can play XCOM when it first came out uh, XCOM Tamara Squad and it'd be worth it because it's a pretty fun game but talking about tactics, you met, you're saying uh, there's also uh, Gears of War tactics, which I'm curious about. Yeah, Gears tactics I is saw, good. Really? Because I saw it, like, because it got, it's to the space where I can look at games and see if they're, I'm interested and see if I can get a free copy. I can probably still get a free copy at this point. Maybe. But I saw, like, Gears tactics. The hell? And then I just totally it is went good. over it. It's good. Yeah, Gears though. tactics. Right. It, it's the story don't need to worry about too much if you're not into gears because okay. or not familiar with it because is it... it's it doesn't use characters that are at least that i've that i've played so far i haven't beat the game yet i'm okay. like maybe like a quarter of like maybe halfway through because mm. i've been playing it on stream like for fun this is the game that like that and chimera score got me back into streaming after a long mm. break and gears tactics it's all new characters for the for the most part you're playing as the dad uh, one of your main characters is the dad of the female protagonist from Gears 4 and 5, Kate. Uh, his name's Gabe Diaz. So that there's a connection there. And there's some fun hmm. things here and there for fans. Like, for example, the game starts during a, se- a section in the game's lore where the Locust came up from the ground. They're taking over the, over the planet. It's not going well. And the, gov- the Coalition of Order Gears, the government decides, okay, if we can't have our cities, you can't either. And use basically laser beams from space to scorch their own planet like all their cities self-scorch and the Mm. game starts there and so there's some there's some fun implications in terms of lore because i am like quite a big of a fan gears Mm. so it's nice to be able to play that there's certain characters that pop back up um like Chairman Prescott shows up at one point. Different. It's Liam O'Brien who voiced him this time. Yeah, I forget the name of the voice actor who voiced Prescott before, but he did a very iconic voice. But now it's it's Liam O'Brien. So anytime mm. you hear Matt Mercer or Chad Willingham, it's like, yeah, it's like that character. But you can immediately tell it's like Matt Mercer or Chad Willingham or Liam O'Brien or <laughs> Ashley Johnson. Ow, I just like came myself on my desk. Um, yeah, like so that that kind of voice actor effect ends up happening. Mm. But the game gameplay itself is super good because it doesn't use the XCOM style on a grid of you move or do a, a bonus action then shoot. It's not the two-stage system. It's AP. And everyone okay. starts with three AP. Hmm. And you can spend it on two movements and then shoot. You could shoot, shoot, shoot. You could oh. move, sh- you could move, shoot, move. Or you could, like, throw a grenade, use an ability, shoot. Shoot, shoot, overwatch. Like, there's much more freedom in that, because oh. everything has a cost to it. And nothing automatically ends your turn, right? So, uh, Nothing automatically ends your turn, I believe, unless yeah. you overwatch. Overwatch will end your turn. Okay, because, you know, like, XCOM, it's the moment you attack, your turn's over. That's Yeah. Huh. Cool. Or, uh... It is very, very, like, aggressive because Mm. of the AP system. The enemies also judiciously use Overwatch themselves. And if they've saved up, if they've got three AP available, they get three shots in Overwatch. And because Overwatch in Gears is a cone that you 
designate your person to shoot in, that changes mm. depends on the weapon. Yeah. If you're using a sniper, it's a very thin cone, but it goes huh. for miles. So you could have a hallway you're trying to guard, just post your sniper down at the other end of it. Mm. Anyone that tries to come down that hallway is getting their head taken off. Nice. And yeah, if he's got the AP to do it and he doesn't miss. So that's immediately a big change. Overwatch is a much more higher factor because the enemy uses it a lot. One of the biggest risks in the game is leaving two people too close together. Mm. Enemy gets a flank on you, you're burning two of their movement or two AP for movement and then Overwatch is for the third. Now all of a sudden, oh, if I take any action, I could be shot. And if my guy is shot, his action is wasted mm. because it's interrupted. Yeah. And then that's an AP gone right there. So it's very fun to mess with that system because the game uses a it uses a function called waypointing that you can very very minutely plot where your character moves hmm. so you can dance through overwatch grids to get to exactly where you need to be <laughs> and uh for gears fans out there the snub pistol everyone's got a snub basically your, your basic gears pistol but in, in tactics, it's got a disabling shot feature that you can use on a pretty heavy cooldown, and if it hits an enemy, it cancels their overwatch. So nice. you can use that to free people. So in enemy turns, almost turn to a puzzle where you got to think, okay, I've got all of this available to me. Let me think the correct order to do things. Do I want to send my vanguard in with a retro lancer, basically just a really heavy, meaty assault rifle with a bayonet on the front, to run in and then use his intimidate ability where he yells and cancels all the overwatcher people nearby. Do hmm. I want to use my medic to disabling shot, which may miss because he's in a bad position? Or I could have my sniper use concussive shots to disable someone's action, including overwatch, from range. But that's a less damage, which you could potentially use to go murder the boomer who's coming to kill you with a giant grenade launcher because he's lumbering his way over the <laughs> bridge. Like, there's a, hot, there's a lot of things to consider. Hmm. And the game revels in its aggression for example uh in gears are you familiar have you seen gears gameplay at all Scott? A, a little bit um not a lot uh, i think gears four or five that's it yeah uh you may be familiar with like the down but not out state where like if you shoot someone in gears enough if it's not like a headshot an explosive killer an insta jib mm -hmm. they'll go down on one knee they're down but not out classic gears thing same thing in this. If you shoot someone, if it's not like overkill, a headshot, or explosive damage, they'll go down but not out, enemies included. They can be picked up, but if you can get someone close enough, you can do an execution. Classic Gears execution. <laughs> and if you do it, everyone on your team, except for the person who executed them, gets an extra AP. Huh. And there's no limit to this. So you oh. can, if you've got enough people down, send one dude out to execute three people. And all of a sudden, your sniper back there has six shots available. <laughs> or you can get your machine gun dude with a mulcher to just set up on a wall, overwatch the hallway with six potential shots, and you, this giant swarm of wretches coming in, he just blasts them all down because he had six shots available to him. Nice. So aggression is heavily rewarded in this game. Not dumb aggression, though, just aggression. Hmm. Like, you want people to go in, get near cover, throw a frag grenade to kill two people, and then move in for an extra shot or put an overwatch up. It's not like Gear or like XCOM 2, where you were, okay, everyone move up a couple squares and overwatch. <laughs> it's not like that. Especially considering that Gears Tactics doesn't work on a grid system, it's freeform. That's so, 
you have to use your judgment on whether you think someone will get a shot on you or not. You can tell if you move someone if you'll have line of sight, you get an indicator for it. But you can't precisely map where explosions are going to be. And that sort of thing. You've got to make judgment calls a lot more frequently. Hmm. Well, now i got to make sure I request to see if I can get a free copy of that game now. Yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, I'm really interested in that. Uh, that makes me think of, I'm going to say, like, Phantom Brave. But, moving back to tactics, do you think, because I have an example, do you think versus XCOM could work? They already tried that. Uh, XCOM 1 and 2 have multiplayer modes. They do? I didn't do, know yeah. that. And it's a point-by system where you can assemble a squad, including aliens. Ooh. So you could have... You could literally do, okay, I'm going to build a couple cheap XCOM guys, but bring in an ethereal for eight grand. And so my, my, my squad is, okay, everyone protect the ethereal. Or you could run <laughs> a bunch of sectoids and muton and one really good sniper from XCOM for your team. So your sniper's picking people off as a muton charge in. They you could do versus? that. Like, I... there, there, there was a versus wow, in the XCOM 1 and 2. I guess I just never noticed it because I was too busy playing the single player. Yeah, it's like, who goes into the multiplayer? But it did have one. Yeah, because the reason I ask this is because there is a game that's focused 100% around XCOM-style gameplay in Versus, and it's called Dreadlands. And it is published by Fat Shark, who are the the ones who are doing Vermintide and uh, Warhammer End Times. Hmm. Warhammer... End Times Vermintide. I think that's the full title. But uh, yeah, that's their, it's the first game they're publishing. And it's basically XCOM Versus. But not very good. But it's an early access, so maybe it'll get better. But it's like... Shots in that game, even Overwatches, are like coin flip, basically. 50% chance. The game has a lot of emphasis on running and on meleeing, though. So it's like... It feels... I don't know. It doesn't feel like a great strategic game. It just feels like whoever can rush faster or sooner wins it. So I'm really curious about how an XCOM game could do versus, but apparently there is one. So apparently I never noticed, and now I've learned something new today. Not going to re-download it one or two to look at it, though. But still... Look up some YouTube footage, if you can, of the multiplayer. It, okay. There was some weird battles you can do in that. Interesting. That's... Did not know. I had no idea. I had no idea. Oops. But, okay. So, I need to check out Gears of War uh, tactics now. Okay, I totally slept on that one. I definitely did. Tell you what, though. Uh, thinking about it immediately, like, tactics-wise. We've got Gears. We've got XCOM Chimera. I would like to see what could be done with other brand new tactics games coming in. Because we've had a few, like, a uh, sh- Samurai tactics. Like, sh- Shadow Samurai Tactics or something. There was like a. Oh, yeah. Okay. It, it was more of a stealth game, but it was isometric tactics. I don't remember the exact name of it, uh, but it was there. Yeah, Shadow Tactics. You got it pretty close. I think, I think it's Shadow Tactics. That came out last year, I think. Hmm. And I did not play it. I know I tried to get a copy of it, but I'm just looking up Shadow Tactics now. Um, Another one was. Uh, honestly, it was pretty good, was the Nintendo one. Freaking uh, Ubisoft. Uh, Rabbids and... Uh, was it? Yes! That game was the actually really Mario, good. Mario Rabbids, like, 
XCOM game yeah. came out of left field during it E3. It's like, oh, they've got <laughs> like um, uh, bloody Eve Gimo pulling. Uh, I forget the name of the Mario creator. Oh god, I keep I keep want to call him Sakurai, but no, that's Smash. That's Kirby. Uh, yeah. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto. Uh, yeah, like, Eve Gimo pushing his in case of emergency summon Shigeru Miyamoto E3 button, <laughs> calls him to the stage again, but instead of the Star Fox crossover, it's a Mario slash Rabbids XCOM title? <laughs> Everyone's like, what the and hell? Like, and it's good? Yeah. It's like, what? That was a good but game. But it, it really good yeah it was it was really good i it's it's the second game i got i'm pretty sure or third game the first game had to be mario kart can't remember what else there was when the switch came out and then rabbits or oh, rabbits was the second game it was, a, it was a solid game it was a good game now here we go shadow tactics blades of the shogun 10 out of there 10 freaking 10 out of 10 on steam 92% on PC Gamer, 96% on Google Reviews. Uh, early Access was 2016, but I know it came out more recently. Hmm. Published by Datalik and Calypso, which are two really good publishers. So, and then developer is... Mimimi? 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 There we go, Mimimi Games. There we go, that's the way I put it. So, M-I-M-I-M-I. There we go. And it is, of course, it's used on GameStop for ten dollars. I don't know how much it is on Steam. Where is it? It's Forty bucks on Steam. Still, ten out of ten rating. That's a that's a rating right there. It, there's no way it came out four years ago. I swear, I swear it was an early access first, and they're not giving me the early access date. But apparently, that game's amazing. So now I got to look at this game. All right, more tactics games to check out. Tactics games are fun, so. What? What do you? Okay, so we have the quarantine happening right now. Yes. Do you think this is the best time for MMOs? Or honestly, it's the best time for gaming in general. But do you think this is a really good time for MMOs? I think it would be. Double-edged sword, in my opinion. Hmm. Everyone's inside, so it's more time for MMOs. On the other hand. One, you've got to try and develop an MMO during quarantine. Yeah, I but, guess a so more... Like, this is the time to speed... Hurry that up a little bit. <laughs> developing time. And also, everyone's... There's, not only is there more things... More people inside to play things, there's more things competing for that. Like, yeah. just as a random like side example, streamers. The number of streams has gone up tremendously because everyone's giving it a go now. Because, you know, they're stuck inside, so there's less viewers because people aren't, like, watching from work because they're at home. Yeah. Uh, some people, there's still a good chunk of people that are because, you know, they're working from home, so they have a stream up on the second monitor. But there's a lot more things competing for your attention now. Everyone's at home. Funny fact, Streaming uh, oh. uh, government servers ban Twitch. <laughs> they oh, don't they ban... Just, uh, they just lock it down. Yeah, they don't ban YouTube, but they ban Twitch. Which is I like, can understand that. Because too many people use YouTube. And Twitch is more gaming focused. But it's like, hmm, that, maybe I should be streaming on YouTube. Yeah, that and also on top of that, YouTube may have like a random guide that maybe someone needs to watch real quick for a, like a random topic at work, mm -hmm. which can be nice. And also just 
every job has some downtime, and YouTube is just something people can use for downtime for sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, there, there's also just useful information on YouTube. Uh, well, yeah, Twitch is mostly a gaming focus, so no surprise they're banned on like most government systems. Just ban Twitch. Yeah, it's just a funny fact. But yeah, everyone's streaming. I remember the thing was back in the day. You could totally believe that, like, if I just had a streaming setup a couple of years sooner, maybe I could have been big kind of feeling. I know I have that feeling sometimes, because I just remember, how many years ago was it, seven, six years ago? Uh, back when it was, there was only so many streamers. And just everyone had an audience, because there was just a lot more viewers than there were streamers. But now, it's easier to get the setup. There is just so many zero-viewer streamers at this point. Um, an amazing number of, of zero viewer streamers. And that's the thing is, at least a different subject I want to talk about, that is Valorant. What is your opinion on Valorant with their artificial uh, numbers, number game? Because the way, the only way to get into Valorant beta is if you're watching the stream and you have a random chance of getting the game through drops on Twitch but after by watching a stream. So there are streams that are like, here's just recorded gameplay footage and we're on 24-7 on there. And they get like 70,000 viewers and things like that. Like, what do you think of just Val that? Valorant's Twitch directory right now, uh, I, I, it's kind of a toxic place. It started that way when they announced the whole drop system because everyone in chat, I mean... Who is there to watch a there's there's a chunk of people of people there to watch people like the the big streamers pop off in Valorant. But if you look through the viewer lists in Valorant streams, a lot of them are just Valorant give key one, Valorant give key two, please give Valorant twenty-three. Yeah. People are there just to farm for keys. They aren't there for the streamers. Uh For Honor has a somewhat similar thing. Hmm. For Honor's Twitch directory is kinda desolate for the most part, to be entirely honest. Like, only a couple hundred at most, unless a bigger streamer hops in, like, Strip In or Daddy Law or Clutchmeister are having a pretty good day. Mm -hmm. But when drops are active for, like, a new season, which Ubisoft always does, they put drops on, numbers spike for a while, because everyone just wants drops. Yeah. Makes, makes the numbers look good, but it's kind of, at this point, almost legal viewbotting. Strategic <laughs> viewbotting, it feels like to me. Yeah. Drops are. Because if you want guaranteed views, just throw drops up and you're going to get viewers but they aren't going to be engaged viewers who are there for the streamer they are just afking in the page and what difference is there from that and a view bot yeah. in my opinion like there isn't mm-hmm 100 it's I, th I guess it's just the mindset in general with any giveaway it's just artificial numbering is that really good in the long run kind of a thing it, it makes you look good you have you get the pride of I got all these numbers for these things, but engagement is important. And just how much engagement are you really getting and things like that. I'm just... Valorant's still number one right now with just like 300,000 more viewers than anything else. Still! And I just... I'm like, oh, that's clever. You guys got the number one rank, but it's also this hollow number one rank, which is very unfortunate. It happened before with like YouTube where it was, like, the most views in 24 hours or something like that, or just most views ever. No, it wasn't that In 24 hours uh, for a music video. Like, it was BTS had it, 
and then like an Indian rapper or something got it, and then oh, they didn't yeah. recognize him, and it was because he was using instead of uh, viewer bots for this, it was more advertisements where they were counting if your advertisement got watched even for a second because it's an advertisement. You still have to watch like five seconds of it. They counted that as views. And so he didn't get the, the recognition. Thing was, BTS did it too. So did a lot of other music companies do that before. So it's just, part of this is just the name of the game is that inflation of numbers is just a thing. And maybe it does work because the big companies keep doing it. But what can the little guys do? They can't do that ever. They really can't. They can try to do a giveaway, but when does a giveaway ever give you engagement? Like real engagement, after all. Still, the it's a it's a tough situation because from their perspective, drops are harmless because like mm-hmm. you you're giving away things and you're getting views. Like it's yep. a win win. What to complain about? But there's deeper systemic problems. Like once the drops go away, we're back. Uh, uh about that. Apparently, Riot Games is not happy with me uh, criticizing them and cut the power to my house for a split second. I'm yeah. good now. I'm back. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I was gonna make that joke too because that was the easy joke for sure. Um, yes, I specifically was talking about if uh, all of that stuff with views end up uh, the view uh, the drops end up happening, mm-hmm. you get this kind of stale environment. And what if the view bot the view, if the drops were taken away from Valorant? Now mm-hmm. that the hype somewhat died down, now that people have been able to play it for a bit, I guarantee you that directory would drop. That direct, the directory. I'm a weather weather. <laughs> <laughs> that that directory. Let me pronounce my R's correctly. Mm-hmm. Would drop below places like Counter Strike, Global Offensive, League of Legends, the normal front runners. I would. And it's because of that. I would assume it'd go under CS:GO because it's just CS:GO again, but with powers. It's it's Overwatch, CS:GO, and Siege. I think that's the best way to com- to to call it that. Uh, it's a combination of those three things. I think. Dota, Dota is up there pretty frequently. No, I mean, I mean, just what uh, Valorant is. I actually oh, yeah, have you played Valorant or not? Or I don't know. Uh, no, I okay. don't. I, I don't play CS:GO, so Valorant mm-hmm. isn't up my alley either. Yeah, so Valorant is CS:GO, like as the base with Overwatch powers, and Siege. It's it's got some CG things about it too. From, like, uh, Rainbow Six Siege. It's got some things like that. So it's a combination of those three. It's not a bad game, but I wouldn't see it overtake uh, CSGO itself. Because the CSGO people are just going to do CSGO. And the League of Legends people... Well, the Overwatch people are just going to do Overwatch. And the League of Legends people, they might check out Valorant, but I think they're more just League of Legends people. So... But there is some... Herb? Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, okay. There is some... Um, I think my side cut off for a second. There is some... What's the word I'm looking for here? There's going to be some people who enjoy this game. There's going to be some people going there from League of Legends. Like, this is their third game. TFT is their second game. There's TFT's got, like, a healthy little population. So I think Valorant will, too. But I don't see it staying at number one. It's not that... It's fun, but it's not that amazing. I'm enjoying it. But... If you're a CSGO purist, well, you're just going to do CSGO. That's that's really it. Especially because its gun style is kind of weird. So the way that game works is it's not a run and gun. It's more like if you move too much, your crosshairs get really big in that game. You can't just move and shoot. 
like in Overwatch, Widowmaker, she's the sniper. You can move headshot, move headshot, and like that. In this one, if you move and shoot, uh, this shot goes all the way over there. That's how it works, because you can't move and shoot in this game. You can still try. Your crosshairs just get really big, and you're relying on luck. So it's an interesting concept of more of positioning and moving a little bit and then going for your shots kind of thing, where it feels more like it's a Turtles game because of that. Because you're better off just sitting there and waiting for someone else to come in and get shot. Yeah. It's just an interesting idea. But I think overall, because of that, it'll still do it'll do well because the League of Legends game's Riot. But I don't think it's going to be number one. I think League of Legends will keep taking that spot. NCSGO will keep taking that spot. And on occasion, Dota, which is usually during the... Uh, the International is what it's called, I think. Because the prize yeah, pool for... Yes, the International got closed down. Like, that got oh, cancelled because of course. COVID. Everything... Yeah, so the uh, big thing with Dota, though, specifically, mm-hmm. uh, Dota... A large majority of players, a large percentage of players' earnings come from the international. Yeah. So now the international's cancelled, yeah. and no way will you want to hold a multi-million-dollar prize pool thing digitally, like and and have it have prestige. It's the same reason why Evo, the fighting game championship, wants to do online Evo. <laughs> like, there's a whole kettle of fish about there that. with hacking, coaching. Like, a lot of games don't have great netcode online. Like, the best qualified game for online is either Street Fighter V Champion or, uh, Champion Edition mm-hmm. or Mortal Kombat 11. <laughs> They're the only real... And Killer Instinct, who is the king of netcode. So many Killer games Instinct. have... Yeah, so many fighting games have awful netcode. It's, it's very weird considering what they are. Like, if there's a game that should be relying on really good netcode, it should be Fighters, for the love of God. But, nope. Yeah, evil being online is insane. Like, you get, of course you want to still do it, but... The problem with the gaming world is, if you uh, fully online, there's too much cheating. There's too much cheating. There really is. If you, any, open, any opening to cheating, that's why esports are local. That's why they're always local if they can. Because of that. Oh, that well, the big money prizes, yeah, with- I mean. You just jogged my memory. We're starting to get close to the point where we should probably start rounding out, but I very quickly want to mention the Valorant issue with their cheating, specifically their anti-cheat. Oh, yeah. The Valorant <laughs> anti-cheat. Holy cow, is that problematic. Mm-hmm. Like, there there are third-party servers in CSGO that have, like, ESEA has, and face it, has some pretty invasive anti-cheat. But Valorant? Oh, that is literally stopping you from opening things like MSI Afterburner if the game isn't even running. Mm-hmm. Like, really? Giving them kernel-level access? And also, on top of that, they're disabling programs while the game isn't even open. Like, eh. <laughs> I, I let it happen just because I'm like, alright, fine, fine. Uh, I'm trying it out. It's what's going to happen, because some other games are going to do these eventually. Yeah. But the excuses they gave were ridiculous. It was like, hey, we got enough information. We can hack you anytime we want. Don't say that! Don't say that! They straight up said that. I'm like, really? Because, yeah, they have your account. For- Every company has a lot of your information. Every company has a lot of your... Like, if you access... Obviously, if you buy a game digitally, Steam has quite a bit of information on you. Steam has a bunch of information on you. Uh, Nintendo's eShop has information on you. 
they could easily be like, well, here's your credit card information and all these things, and they could screw you over. So same thing with Riot. Problem is, is who owns Riot? <laughs> That's the problem. And who owns the owners of Riot? Even bigger problem. So you feel a lot of concern. For this one, it's like, I'll, I'll put the trust on this one just because it, just because I'm dumb enough to like, well, I need to cover this game, so I guess so. It's whatever piece you want to make with it, and the piece I made with it is, well, I'm going to cover it, and then I'm going would, to get rid of it. <laughs> I'm more concerned about the whole idea of it blocking programs while the game isn't open. Like, I'm sorry, oh, yeah. you don't get to do that. If mm -hmm. I want to check my GPU temperatures, you don't get to stop me. Yeah, Especially if you're not, like, your game is not open. Mm -hmm. No, that is not okay. Yeah. That's, this is the problem is poor implementation always happens. And that's poor implementation. Because the problem is, it's uh, the whole situation. The way I always I put it when I first heard it was, uh, yeah, the only way to stop. Well, if you want to stop cheating, you have to keep going further because they're going to keep going further. And hackers have no morals, so that's unfortunate. So you have to go deeper than them, and you go into that degree. That's as far as you can go because you have to go that far. But who watches the watchers? Kind of situation. That's the whole thing. I'm like, ah, fudge. Fine. I just have to be extra careful what's going on on my computer right now, but all right. And that's that's what I'm doing. Not doing anything really important on my computer at the moment while I have Valorant on it. Um, but yeah, how deep they are is concerning. And th this is the thing with any big game company, because you can always look at EA as well. Cons you could totally consider that EA was probably going to get to this point as well at some point. And they very well may still, in the future, get to this point as well. And that's a lot of people who are... Get, when EA does it, a lot of people are just going to accept it. And a lot of people are going to fight it as well. And then EA will back off, and then in a year they're going to do it again, and then we all accept it that time. Like, that's what's going to happen. The big game companies always push it, and then they back off, then they push it, then they back off, then they push it, then they back off. And then we get used to it. We got used to loot boxes. We got used to DLC. We got used to a lot of things. And at some point, this is going to happen. I'm not happy about that. I don't know. At some point, it's just going to happen. I'm, that's not a great note. <laughs> this is not a great note at all. Slightly, okay, slightly happier note to end the show on, then. I'm pleased that... Even though COVID-19 is causing game development a lot of issues, we're going to be getting a couple month long, basically, E3. Between Inside Xbox, mm. the play, uh, state of plays for PlayStation, Nintendo Treehouses, if they end up doing that, like, style of thing. Like, there's all sorts of things that could be coming down the pipeline. And I have to imagine Nintendo don't want to get drowned out between Xbox and the PlayStation juggernauts coming out of hibernation to play for this generation. Nintendo's going to want to announce some stuff too. Maybe even like, because I've already got what, Nintendo Switch Lite? Maybe they want to announce like a Switch Point 5 or whatever. It would be interesting to see. The problem is, is well, they have a shortage issue too. All, all everyone's, everyone uses uh, China. Everyone goes through China for their consoles. So what can you really announce and what can you really do right now? It's going to be... I'm happy though that we're getting something. Yeah. Because uh, there has to be something like... You can't stop. If you stop, you're not making money. And I don't know. I feel like anything physical is going to be in trouble for the time being. So it's going to be a lot of digital pushes. 
At least I think the smart move is to do a lot of digital pushing. That's got to be. But. Uh, I don't know what the heck. We're not going to get a vaccine for, although everyone's pushing vaccines. Vaccines normally take 10 years. We're trying to speed it up times 10. Like, everyone wants to get a vaccine done within a year. 2021 minimum. Yeah. Like, we're not getting it this year. We're getting it next year. If we get one this year, someone made an amazing breakthrough, and they probably broke some laws. Some <laughs> some very important laws. Uh, I have a funny feeling ethics committees are going to have some... Uh... Some moments where they feel powerless. Let's put it that way. Yeah, ethics is in trouble. That's also another depressing note. God damn it. <laughs> well, hey, Kirby. Hiya. Um, Hiya. On a different note, it was Kirby's 20th anniversary last month. Uh, we, oh, yay. Random thing. Kirby's had a new game or a remake or something every year besides 1998. Every single oh. year. So we haven't had a Kirby game this year yet, so I'm curious what's going to happen. Unless this is... What was the last one? Uh, epic, uh, Extra Epic Yarn, so that was a remake. That was 2019. Or, or that was, maybe that's... Two, no, that's 2019. 2018 was Super Kirby Clash. Or the other way around. One or the other. The last games were Super Kirby Clash, which was a remake of the 3DS game. And Extra Epic Yarn, which was a remake of a Wii game. So that's what they do. Sometimes they do remakes, but a lot of their games are new. They only had... Let's see. We're talking about Kirby all of a sudden. Um, they've only had a couple remakes. Nightmare in Dreamland. Uh, Superstar Ultra. Extra Epic Yarn. And Super Kirby Clash. I think those are the only four. I don't think they've, super, they've remastered anything else. Nope. Don't think they have. I think that's it. So hopefully something new comes up this year or another remaster. I have no idea. But uh, yeah, besides 1998, there's been a new Kirby game every year for 28 years. That's pretty cool. And we're going to end on that note. So some news. Hey, I'll do Kirby. <laughs> some, some news is the plan here is to try to do at least two a month. So uh, the plan for this one is to get it out Wednesday since we dated it as the 8th. We'll see if I pull that off, because work still, and other projects, but to get at least two a month, four in a month maximum, that's every week, and for now it's only on YouTube. And I don't care about how many views we get right now. I don't care about that at the moment, because it's rebuilding. When you rebuild, you're not going to get an amazing splash. If you do, well then we're amazing, and I thank me more than Verb on that one, because I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I think Verb, of course. Um, it's a dumb joke. Uh, if I can keep this going, if this is proof of concept, just like XCOM Chimera, if I can get these out, so four to eight episodes in the next two months, then it proves that I can keep the the momentum going, and then I'll put all these on on a podcast on a. On a podcast stream, on RSS feed, that's the word. Put it on that, and then we'll get going with that. That's what's happening here. So just right now it's proof of concepting that I can actually do this. Because I should be able to do it. My my life is set, aside from, like I said, love life, changing anything, for the foreseeable future. And basic podcast is fun because it's conversations. And me trying my best not to BS too much, but I totally do, as we could tell. 
Uh, Although this is the podcast with the least tangents we've done, the least one of these. <laughs> After what, the six or like five we've done together at this we, point, we could have tangented more. I already know where yeah. we could have gone. We kept it on but... topic. We kept it on topic. Mm-hmm. But uh, improvements. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if we can keep this going. It'd be great. And anytime I have a gap, I'll probably just ask Verb to come on, or other people, or just Verb to come on. We'll see. <laughs> But the the hope is I'm gonna to try to get Mez because of course and try to get, uh, like I said, some indie dibs. I'm gonna to try to get. I don't know if you've ex, uh, Switch isn't really your thing. Uh no, the last Nintendo console I've owned was the game uh, the the DS the original DS. Jesus, but um, <laughs> last place well last place I've had is uh the PS2, but that's because PS2 is PS2. Everyone had a PS2, pretty much. Mm. Uh, it was the cheapest DVD play you could get. Yeah, that and it just had a huge library. Even after, P- like, even with PS3, it had a huge library you could dive into. Uh, no tangents. Keep ending. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so well, I'm gonna try to see if I can get some indie devs, some Switch specific ones. Like, there's they have made a game called Good Job. There's a dev that made Good Job, which is an amazing game. It's a very silly game. And you've probably heard of this one. Uh, Untitled Goose Game. Yeah. I'm going to put in some effort to get a hold of everyone on that team and ask each of them if any of them want to get on here. Because I want to know any perspective on that game. Just how that came up and just working on it. Because they took like two years to get that game out, if I remember correctly. We... Whatever E3 it was, 2017, 16, 18, I don't remember anymore. It was just like, this game with a goose. And the goose is just being really mean to a gardener for a moment. And everyone was interested from there. Who didn't want that game from that point? It's like, okay, I'm really curious. You just get to be a dick bird for a while. This sounds fun. And so... We're in a quaint English town for a bit. Yes. So... I think uh, three or four people worked on that game. Maybe even just two. I can't remember. I know that I know of one person, but I know it wasn't just uh, him who worked on it. So I'm. Ju- I just need to find a way to email or DM each of them and say like, anyone interested? Because I want to learn about that. And that's the, what this podcast is: is trying to have interesting conversations with creatives and just learning about them and everything, and learning about what they made or what they're making. So at some point gonna try to get voice actors and cosplayers and things like that i feel like vo- voice actors are an interesting breed to try to get a hold of because they're always busy because if they're not they're not you know eating because they need to make money and it'll be interesting to see what we do but i'm gonna try to go out and talk to try to get more people and we'll see what happens and try to touch back with uh, people we've talked to before like mez and such and verb again at some point for sure why not yeah uh, so anything you want to share about yourself to get more people interested in you? Eh, just the, the same, literally just the same thing as before. It's like I stream very rarely, sometimes on my Twitch channel, same name as the one you'll see on screen. I'm mostly a commentator by trade. Uh, is my current game, uh, but that's on like a temporary hiatus. But yeah, like life's just been good for me. Like, I, I'm not like too heavy going into work, like, co- like coronavirus means tournaments are down a bit but 
information for me is literally all the exact same stuff from before. Nothing has changed because, of course, universal branding is a wonderful thing. <laughs> like, uh, were you able to, to get that original uh, Twitter account or YouTube name you were looking for way back when? Last Finally! Time okay, so... You did. Uh, last year, I was bitching. I was Because uh, people were talking about uh, uh, Twitch. It was Twitch. Because it was Scarface on Twitch for, for years. And... Like, what happened with me was, the quick story on that one is, someone took Lost Scarf on Twitch, because of course they did, and they watched, like, six people, and all of their followers are mine, they all followed them thinking they were me, which was annoying, and then they just disappeared, because of course they weren't going to use that name forever, and they just disappeared, and Twitch wouldn't give me the name, they just wouldn't give me the name for some weird-ass reason. For, like, two years I tried, and they wouldn't give it to me, and... I forget who it was that said, like, they were able to change their name on Twitter. They mentioned it. And then I bitched on Twitter. And within the hour, because it was a bigger person that I knew. I don't think it was Mez or someone else. Within the hour, Twitch goes to me. He's like, oh, hey, uh, you want that name? Here you go. I was like, that's what it took. Wow. Bitching on Twitter with with a bigger friend. And that's that's it. <laughs> After years of trying within the system. Apparently, it's it's the squeaky wheel does get the grease if you do it loud enough. That's that's a lesson of life. But yeah, so verbalosity on everything, right? Like, indeed, yes. Universal uh, branding is wonderful. Thing. YouTube, no, no, YouTube, not YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. I okay. do technically have a YouTube, but I it, I don't. I'm not a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. I have a Twitch, which I just stream with sometimes. Twitter is my main place. That's where I talk and post things and whatever is, is Twitter. Yeah, just verbalosity, basically, anywhere. Yeah, okay, so there we go. So that's him. I'm me. If you don't know who I am, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> oh, you're here Managed for verb, obviously. Managed to get to the end of this podcast with on this channel without knowing who the channel is. That's an <laughs> achievement. Also, stop drinking. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way you could do that. If you're I... completely smashed. Ooh, I suppose so. Well, then again, like, we have a good name. Basically, a podcast. You're going to get... Just podcast in there should work. Should get to people. Um, sure. But that's it. So, I had fun. Hope you had fun watching. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by, and see you next time.